this evening. Let's all stand together. I, I tell you what, uh, time will dictate my message today. My main focus is on verses 1 through 8. And if we can get further, then that's just a bonus. Why don't you read the even verses with me, okay? And I'll read, I'll read them all, and you read the even with me. We'll go down to verse 8. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head, as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly, I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart." Fathers, we get now to the time of reading and preaching of your word. I pray that you'll deliver it in a way that is helpful tonight to everyone that is here. Help us to understand some things that are in our own heart. Lord, may I ask you now to help all of us to ask you to search our heart. And may we do so on a regular basis. Father, there, the heart is deceitful above all things, Jeremiah uh, writes to us. Who can know it? It's deceitful above all things. Who can know it? Lord, you're the one that tries the hearts. You're the one that knows it. And I pray, Father, that you'd reveal things to us that sometimes are there. We can feel that something isn't right, but we don't know exactly what it is. I pray, Lord, that we'd allow you the liberty to search our hearts. We pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You got that? Why don't you pull that up for me? Nicole, uh, pull up the next one. Look at that right there. Isn't that ugly? That is, that is my finger. And uh, that is an ugly piece of wood sticking out of it. Now let me, let me tell you a little story about that piece of wood. Uh, I've done construction for a long, long time. And my hands are pretty rubbed raw, and they're pretty calloused. And, uh, but I still get splinters from time to time. And we were working on the Christmas set, and I got a number of them working on the Christmas set. Uh, most of them wasn't a big deal, but that one right there was a big deal. Uh, it happened when we were building the Christmas set, which was back before Christmas, uh, mid-December. And uh, that thing... That thing was in this right finger right here, and I couldn't see it. And I went home, and I told Christy, I said, there's something in my finger. I said, but babe, my eyes are going bad. I said, I cannot see what it is. And Christy likes that sort of thing. She pretends she's a doctor for a little while. 
And she pulls out her tools and begins to uh, clip away at it. And that's not how I do it, but that's how she wanted to do it. And so she begins to clip away, and she's going, and occasionally I just kind of twinge a little bit because she hits a uh, sore spot. And uh, she just kept going and going and going, and she says, I don't see it. She says, you sure there's something in there? And I said, it's in there. I feel it. I said, I can't see it, but I know it's there. And she gave up, and I just let that thing go. And she says, why don't you soak it in Epsom salt? I, I did it. I don't normally do that. I don't listen to my wife very well, but I did. And uh, she, she left, and I got a, a big bowl of Epsom salt and hot water, and I set it there, and I, I let it soak for a while till my hands were wrinkly, and the water got cold, and, and I, I pulled it out, and I was squeezing it and doing things, and I even started digging a little bit, and I never could, never could get it out. And uh, about, about two weeks later, the thing still hasn't healed, and it's still... I, you know, it is what it is. You get older, wounds don't heal very quickly like they do when you're a child. Uh, but, it, but it still didn't heal right. And it was callousing over, and it was actually a, kind of a knot right there. And uh, the thing just was naggingly sore. And so I just finally, I, I said, I had enough. And they're in their living room watching TV, and I sat down with a knife and I just started digging. Amen. That's, that's how we do it in construction. You just take your needle knife and start digging. And I just started digging. And I cut that thing open. I cut it deep. And I just went down to where it got really hurting. And you're getting into that. You're just getting in the meat of your finger. All right. And, and blood's going everywhere. And I keep washing it off. Are you with me tonight? All right. Don't you love this story? Okay. And I'm just there, and, I'm, 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 and I just I keep washing it off, and I, I, I've got my glasses on. I'm looking as, I can't find that thing for nothing. And I finally just gave up. I said, I reckon I'm just becoming a wimp. I, I just can't, I, I can't find anything there. And I, I let it go, and it starts healing back. And uh, you, you know, when the snow came, and we were outside a lot, and it was really, really cold, and that thing, I mean, that cold weather just really just ate at it. And my, my whole time, I'm trying to wear gloves and all that stuff, but it, that cold weather is just making it sore. And no, it's not knocking me out. It's not that painful. I'm not in tears or rolled over like a, uh, you know, doubled over. It's not that. It's just constantly, constantly nagging. And again, it's starting to callous over. And I just decided whatever's there is just going to be there. It's just a piece of wood. Forget this. But it just kept on nagging me. And finally, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm studying for a message, and I just look at that finger, and it, it has now, listen, this happened in December, this just two weeks ago, in February. And I just decide, I, I took that thumb, and I took this thumb, and I just started squeezing it as hard as I could squeeze it. And out that, out that sucker came. Now, before you laugh at me, that thing's, that thing's much bigger than you think it is. Put it in your finger and see how big it is, all right? I'll just tell you. I'm just saying it was much bigger than I expected. 
I've had a lot of splinters in my hands that were nowhere near that size. But it was so deep, even that long, it was so deep, I never could find it. And I dug pretty deep. And I squeezed that, and it, it just, I mean, it just shot out. And I said, there's a, there's a message in this right here. So I took pictures of it. I wanted to put it on Facebook and preach to everybody, but I thought, nah, there'll come a time. Well, when I pulled that out of my finger, it healed pretty fast. And I don't walk around with that nagging feeling in my finger every day. Not, again, not that I'm doubled over, not that I'm to the point of tears, but the fact that you notice you, you keep rubbing your finger without even paying attention. Are you with me tonight? Well, there's an obvious illustration there, right? What happens when we have things in our life that don't belong there? Things that, that enter our life didn't happen on purpose. It just happens. And we do what we can to try to do something with it, but it's a little bit deeper than we thought. Originally, when Christy was kind of clipping at it, she said, I think I got it. She showed me a little thing, and I said, babe, that is too small. I'm not that wimpy. I said, that, it has to be more than that. I said, my finger still hurts. She got a little piece of it out, and we just thought, well, we'll just let it go and see what happens. Maybe that was it. Those things that's in our life, it don't belong there. And because it doesn't belong there, our body is rejecting it. Our, you, you want to talk about something more, something deeper, something spiritual. Our spiritual life is rejecting it. It doesn't need to be, it doesn't belong in our life. It doesn't need to be there. But it's there. And we go on and we just let it callous over and we just don't pay it any mind, no attention. But it's there and it keeps nagging at us and it's not healing properly. And until we get that out, it'll never go away. It'll always be there. The only way to deal with it is to remove it out of our life. Psalm 38 is a psalm of David. It is a psalm where he is extremely sorrowful. Some call it a penitent psalm. It goes with some others. Think of Psalm 51, probably the most familiar. But Psalm 38, David is delivering some things that he's talking about sin in his life. And the first eight verses, he's talking about the pain of sin. And I want us to read this together, and I, I just want to point some things out as we read these verses. He's praying unto the Lord. And he says, Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. You see, what David is confessing there is God knows. He is aware that God knows what is in his heart. He can't get away from God, and he's praying to God. He's, he's asking him, don't rebuke me, from, uh, rebuke me not in your wrath. Don't be angry with me. I, I can deal with the anger of people, but not the anger of God. 
Don't chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Thine arrows, they stick fast in me. God's getting after him because there's things there in his life that do not belong. And God's not going to let it go. And David recognizes that. He says, your hand presses me sore. And he says in verse 3, there's no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger. Neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. My iniquities are going over my head. As a heavy burden, they're, they're too heavy for me. You ever felt like you were drowning? I'm in over my head. It's the, the burden of it is, is too heavy for me. It's, it's weighing me down. He says, there's no rest in my bones. I have sin in my life. I can't, no matter what I do, I can never find rest. He says in verse 5, my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. There's wounds that are there. There's, there's that splinter there that, is, that just won't go away and it's festering over. And no matter if I try to leave it alone or not, it is still there. And it's going to keep going. And it's going to keep giving me trouble until that thing finally gets out. He says, my wounds stink. They're corrupt because of my foolishness. Our sin stinks to God. Our sin stinks to ourselves. Listen, our sin stinks to those who are around us. He says in verse 6, I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. David is expressing what many of us have experienced in our life at some point. There is something in our heart, in our life, in our spiritual life that we know does not belong. It eats at us. We do not find rest. We put on that smiley, happy face that everything is okay. You know things aren't okay. You feel like you're drowning. You're worried. You're worried that somebody might think less of you. You're worried about what other people think if they know what is going on in your heart. And so you just pretend that it's not there. And you just go on through life. I'm just, it's, it's nagging at me. It's there. It's biting at me all the time. I know it's there. I keep rubbing it. I keep, it's, it's irritating me. I've gotten rid of a little bit of it, but I haven't gotten rid of all of it. There are sins in our hearts and our life that we cover up. And if every one of us confessed our sin publicly tonight, we'd all be shocked. It happens all the time. And people mess with it and play with it. And they'll get in the privacy of their own life and they just keep at it. Never, never stop. Never let it go. Never deal with it. And say, man, I know this isn't right. And I know I'm not right. And I feel such guilt and I feel such shame and I feel overwhelmed. And God is chasing me. I know why this is going on in my life, Ricky. It's because God knows. God knows. 
And I come to church and I get under great conviction. So I just assume not even be at church. I'm not going to read that Bible. I don't want God speaking to me. There is pain that is involved in sin. And as long as we leave it there, if we don't confess it, if we don't try to get it out of our life, it'll keep eating at us and eating at us and eating at us until we are sunk. And it can happen to every one of us, this guy right here included. Everybody doesn't have to know for you to feel the pains and effect of what's not right in your life. My bones can't find rest. Please, God, don't be angry with me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. There is no peace. There is no joy. I know God. I rest in God. David, would, David could say, I'm a man after God's own heart, but I know this, I am a troubled man. Because there are things within me that are breaking me down. And you cannot just let it go. You can let it go and it'll start to cover up. But I'm going to tell you something. It don't look right. It didn't look right. When I touched something, things didn't feel right. It was always eating at me. It was gnawing at me. There's something there. I can't see it, but I know that there is something there. And I am not going to be happy until that thing is gone. And so I dig at it. And I get deeper at it. And it's got to go. But it hurts so much. It hurts to try to get to it. The pain is too much. I get somebody to help me with it. They try to help me with it, but there's only so much they can do. I, I don't know. I can't see it. I can't see it, Rick. I don't know. Maybe we got it. I don't know. I'm telling you, it's there. And we can pretend all we don't want to. We live in a culture today where it is so easy to get involved in a sin that can ruin our life and nobody know it. And I am preaching this tonight as a warning to all of us. You're not going to hide it from God and you're not going to be at peace until you deal with it. That is the lesson the Lord taught me from a splinter in my finger. Sin is painful. Sin is also lonely. Read with me in verse 9. 
Lord, all my desire is before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. You know, my heart panteth, my, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. Those, listen, those who, those who know us and love us, man, they're staying away. It's lonely. Verse number 12, he, he says, They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my heart speak, speak, seek my hurt, speak mischievous things, and imagine deceits all the day long. But I as a deaf man heard not, and I was as a dumb man that openeth not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, and whose mouth are no reproofs. Sin can leave us lonely. Sin can leave us hurting. But aren't you glad that there is, there is a forgiveness of sin? He says in verse 15, For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. That's the only place to put your hope. Can't always be in people. It can't be in yourself. But he turns to the Lord. He says, listen, I have felt heavy. I felt troubled. I have felt burdened. I feel like I'm drowning. There is this, this sin in my life that you know about. And, and you're chastening me about it. And I'm, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't want to deal with your wrath. I don't want to deal with. I, I can deal with people, but I can't deal with you. God, I must have your forgiveness. I must have your help. And he says, I look to people and people don't want to help. People aren't there. There are some who recognize and they stand far back and, and they, are, they, don't, they don't come to help. And so he says, I turn to you, Lord, and it's in you that I put my hope. It's in you that I am trusting. And he, he says in verse 15, he, he says, Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. I know you will hear me. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. As if they've never dealt with sin themselves. He says, I, for I am ready to halt. My sorrow is continually before me. It never goes away. So what does he do in verse 18? He says, for I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry. For my sin. Now we're getting to it. Can I get an amen tonight? You can realize it. You can recognize it. You can acknowledge it. And you can see all the trouble that is caused. But until we get to that place in verse number 17, I'm ready to halt. My sorrows continue before me. And for that reason, I will declare my iniquity and I'll be sorry for my sin. I'm going to place my hope in the Lord because I know that he will hear me. That's why he's a man after God's heart. He says in verse 19, but mine enemies are lively and they are strong. And they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. And they also that render evil for good are mine adversaries because I follow the thing that good is. Do you realize tonight, I know this, there's a lot of people that want to see me fall. There's a lot of people that want to see you fail. And the more you stand for the Lord, and the more you stand for righteousness, the more people want to see you trip. 
And they will put things in your path just to see how you will respond. They did it with Daniel. And they finally discovered the only way they're going to get Daniel is if they get it with his relationship with his God. They're not going to find any fault with him. They're not going to be able to trip him up. They will try to trip you up. They want to see you fall. They want to see you fail. You cannot put your trust and confidence in people. You just can't do it. Some will forgive, some will not, but I tell you who will every single time. In you, Lord, I put my hope. It's in you that I come to. It's you that I know who will hear me. It is you who already knows my heart. It is you that I'm going to confess. It is you that I'm going to declare my iniquity. It is you that I'm going to be sorry for my sin. I'm thankful tonight that we don't have to stand in here and confess our sin to one another. I'm thankful we don't have to do that. If we did that, we leave here thinking there's no hope. We leave here thinking, Lord, increase my faith. We don't have to do that. But it doesn't mean that we need to keep walking right out that door with it festering up in our life. It's the Lord who'll hear you. It's to the Lord that we declare our iniquity. And you can't pretend with it and you can't play with it. I am, I am telling you tonight, stop playing around with things that don't need to be in your life. And I'm talking about things I don't have to point them out. You already know what they are. And it's stuff that we just leave dangling there. And it's stuff that we know that is wrong and we'll leave it there because we, we, we'll get rid of it. But the whole time we're thinking, but it's still over there. I'm going to leave access just in case for later. Say, I'm not right. He says, I'll declare mine iniquity. I'll be sorry for my sin, but mine enemies are lively and they're strong. And they hate me wrongfully. They that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries because I follow the thing that good is. Say, can good people have sin in their life? Absolutely. I follow, the, they, they hate me because I follow the thing that good is. So what's he say to the Lord? He says, forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me. Have you ever been there? Make haste, Lord. Don't wait. I'm pleading with you, don't wait. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. And the Lord will always be there. And aren't you glad tonight that the Lord promises that when we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin? And aren't you thankful tonight that he's able to cleanse us from that sin? And some of us, some of us tonight can't get over our sin. Some of us have confessed it 
And we've poured it out to the Lord, and we've confessed that iniquity, and we, we knew we weren't right, and what we were doing wasn't right, and so we confessed it to the Lord. But we can't get over it ourselves. Can I tell you something tonight? The Lord's already forgot about it. Quit letting it hold you back. If you've got to ask the Lord to help you forgive yourself, then ask the Lord to help you forgive yourself. If you need to make something right with somebody else, then make something right with somebody else. Do whatever you've got to do. But quit living defeated. Stop living defeated. Make haste your salvation. Claim the promises of God. Get, will you pull it back up there, Nicole? Get that big ugly thing out of there. And use it, use it as a victory. This thing hung on to me for two months. And now it's gone. And life sure is much better without it. Somebody doesn't hit that finger and I go, ow, no more. Get to where you can enjoy life a little bit. You know how you can enjoy life a little bit? Keep a short account with God. Don't let things fester. Don't let things get too far out there. Stop trying to hide them. I don't want to know anything about them. You ain't got to come tell me. I just want to see you put a smile on your face. Put a smile on your face. Father, we're going to take just a moment tonight.